Well, praise the Lord, my brothers and sisters. Thank you for coming back and visiting us on another During Bible Study podcast. I'm your host, Steve Kitts, and today we're going to be talking about a purpose-driven death. Join me in a prayer and we'll get into it. Lord, Heavenly Father, we thank you and we praise you for your wonderful grace and your love. And we thank you, Lord, that you have given us this opportunity to stand for you today and to teach and to show people what you showed us to teach about. In your blessed holy name we beg. Amen. So a purpose-driven death. Pastor Rick Warren began his best-selling book, The Purpose-Driven Life, with these words, It's not about you. But for Jesus, his purpose was all about you and me. He came to restore us to a righteous relationship with Him and God. He came to give us abundant life. We see that in John 10.10. A thief comes only to steal and to kill and to destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. So to restore to the access to the tree of life that was lost in the Garden of Eden. And to accomplish what He had one purpose in His whole plan was to come to die. Contrary to much popular belief, Jesus didn't come to teach us how to live a good and moral life. That was just a byproduct. He came to die on the cross to pay the penalty for our sins. In Romans 3 and 23, it says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, that we might meet the demand standard of God. Sinless perfection with no amount of good or moral living can begin to measure up to it. He didn't come to teach us how to live because we could never solve our own problems. In Romans 8, verses 3 and 4, it says, For God has done what the law, weakened by flesh, could not do. By sending His Son, Jesus, in likeness of a sinful flesh and for sin, He condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. In the Gospel of John, we see that Jesus is telling those around Him that His hour has not yet come as He went about ministering in Galilee. In John 2 and 4, He says, And Jesus said to her, Woman, what does this have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. Then again in John 7, Verses 6 through 8, Jesus said to them, My time has not yet come, but your time is always here. The world cannot hate you, but it hates me because I testify about it that its works are evil. You go up to the feast, and I'm not going to come up to his feast, for my time has not yet fully come. He successfully avoided those who were seeking to kill him. And we see in John 7 and 1, After this, Jesus went about in Galilee. He would not go about in Judea because the Jews were seeking to kill him. Then again in John 8 and 59, So they picked the stones to throw at him, but Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple. John 10, 39 and 40, Again they sought to arrest him, but he escaped from their hands. He went away against across the Jordan to the plain where John was baptizing at first, and there he remained. So you're thinking, wait a minute. It sounds to me like Jesus was really trying to avoid death, fleeing it and hiding. Not that because he didn't come to die. It was because his time specifically wasn't right then. In John 7:30, it says, So they were seeking to arrest him, but no one laid hands on him because his hour had not yet come. Then in John 12 and 23, Jesus states, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. He immediately follows this with an explanation that a seed must die if it is to become the plant and bear fruit. 
like in John 12, 24 through 27. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls to the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Whosoever liveth his life loses it, and whosoever hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, he must follow me. And where I am, there will be my servant be also. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. The Son of Man must be lifted up. It says, Now is my soul troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. For this purpose I have come to this hour. These words are uttered in the triumphal entry of what we celebrate as Palms Sunday. That was the same day of the Passover lamb that was chosen by the family and then brought to the house and treated as a pet for a few days before being slaughtered on the day of preparation at 3 p.m. The day of preparation was Friday and is when Jesus was crucified and died at 3 p.m. And the, That's what the Bible refers to as the ninth hour since sunrise. Was this all a coincidence? I don't think so. The problem is that the law, although it was given by God, was incapable of making man righteous. It couldn't change who he was on the inside, but it did reveal the man's utter failure and incapacity. And it did imply the concept of substitutionary sacrificial atonement and the shedding of blood for those actions and missed the mark in God's standard by taking the life of an innocent animal. Jesus came to be the perfect Passover lamb to atone for men's sins once and for all for those who would accept the offered gift. With this in mind, Jesus waited until the Passover when the symbolism would be unmistakable and the law would be fulfilled. In Matthew 5 and 17, Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have come to abolish them but fulfill them. Jesus did not allow his life to be taken, but he offered it when the time was right. Jesus comments in John 10:18, No one takes it from me, but I lay it down in my own accord. I have the authority to lay it down, and I have the authority to take it back up again. This charge I have received from my Father. At the cross, Jesus freely fulfilled the purpose of his incarnation and to die for us. As Romans 6:23 sums it all up the best, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. So we believe that Jesus had a purpose-driven life to die and to be raised again, shed his blood for our sake, giving us a chance to accept him and a home in heaven. Well, thank you for sharing this with me. And we truly believe that Jesus came here to atone our sins and to take our sins upon him and to give his life for us that we can accept him as our Lord and Master and be able to go with him to heaven for eternity. Well, thank you and join me in a prayer as we close up. Lord, Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your son that died for us and for our sins, Lord, that gives us eternal life, Lord, if we accept him as our Lord and Master. We thank you and we praise you, Lord, that you have a home prepared for us once this world is destroyed. We thank you and we praise you and we lift you up. Amen.